0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast: Crucial Conversations. I got my buddy Jamal with me. Jamal, good evening.
1: Good evening, my brother. What's going on? It's uh, we're doing this the
0: evening time, uh, this time. Well, uh, let's go over let's go over the reason why I call it crucial conversations. Let's go over our conversation this morning.
1: Oh yeah, that was the, I think that was a tough conversation, man.
0: Yeah. It was. And, and, and like we were just saying, it's one that I think I wish more people would have. Um, yeah. But uh, everything that we do is always centered around, well, conversations and trying to understand. And uh, I think when we started off, your comment was uh, the, the media coverage. Well, yeah, you, you kick it off.
1: Yeah, so I was, I was going through And um, the media coverage of the the police conflict with people of color, uh, and its portrayal irritates me, um, because the media shows it like a movie, uh, so to speak. And not only that, but it, it. they're portraying it in in such a way that is not one hundred percent accurate of the reality that we live in every single day. Um, just like I told you this morning, Don, I'm sure it was much worse uh, in the '60s, in the '70s, in the '80s, in the '90s. I'm sure it happened at a much higher rate than it does now. Um, so let's not neglect the progress that has been made in terms of equity in this country, uh, the, the country that we call America. The, you know, we, we all pledge allegiance to the flag. Um, so that's not what this episode is about. That's not where I'm coming from. Um, outside of the, the just negative media portrayal, um, it, it, it saddens me. To hear or to see how um, people of color are still dying at the hands of police officers. Um, when you look at the last two incidents that has happened, like I said, I don't like the media portrayal of it because you know good friends uh, can become enemies because of you know their side. Uh, of their political party or whatever the case, right? But um, there, there is a there is a sense of I say reality for for me as a man of color looking at those things and and knowing that there are um, like th- that's a real reality for for most of for most of us. Um, and I'll let you share a few thoughts before I kind of go in, because, um, when I shared that with you this morning, you had, so, you had a few things to say. Yeah, I bristled.
0: Um, I, I bristled because, uh, I've seen, uh, really good people get hurt. Oh, I, I, I jokingly said, uh, having worked out at the YMCA most of my life, uh, it has been with a lot of firefighters and police officers, um, of which uh, they're mortified and embarrassed when these kind of things happen too. I, like you, where we started off in total agreement, the fanning of the flames and the making it look like these things happen all the time. They're they're so rare that they make national news. They should, that's fine. No one likes to see this happen, but the narrative that uh, cops are out there to kill people, uh, I think is misguided. Mm-hmm. And at minimum, not genuine. Um, now, I, like the, the Charles Barkley quote from last week, he's like, our politicians and our media people keep fanning the flames because it, they, it's what they're building on. Mm-hmm. Like the vast majority of people I know are good people, mm-hmm. period. Right. Not, not breaking it down by occupation, race, gender, anything. Just most people are good people. Right. So the, the narratives is what has been driving me nuts because um, no one, no one likes to see this. Right. But but um, I, I think that if we're gonna take a hard look at, if we, if we wanna make things, well, the essential question, do you want things to get better or do you wanna sell news ads? And I think that you know we've talked about this before, representation you know, if, if you want to name it something else or you want to, you know, have police report form, I think most people agree, have the police force look like the community you're serving. Okay, and this is going to help people want to enter into the police force? Right. That's, like, huge. Because, like, I, I have some really good intentioned friends that are like, oh, do you find the police? We don't need them. Okay, so the next time you're violated, you're broken into, you're harmed, you, you're just gonna do what? Well, I can take care of myself. Uh, oh, okay. So now we have vendetta situations? Well, or vigilante? No, no. I mean, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay. That's not a plan. That's, that's wishful thinking at best. And so this whole narrative of um, the police are out to kill us. Uh, they're all against us is, is not true. And it's not making things better, and it's not going to inspire people to want to create solutions as it is just outrage. Now, right. that being said, and I'll let you take the stage from here, it starts with outrage. It starts with awareness. Got no problems with that. None. But I don't hear a lot of, let's talk about solutions, because it's always kicked down the road. Hey, there's a thing, and everybody's mad, by the way, justifiably uh let's not talk about solutions and then it kind of goes away until the next thing and, and then we're once again you know mad angry everybody's all upset like solutions man solutions i don't hear a lot of talk about solutions
1: right and i and as we were talking today and i and i just kind of putting myself back in that frame of mind so i can articulate what i said as we were dri- as, as we were talking today i was driving and I was driving past, I was uh, I was driving past a spot on my way to work um, that when I was 20 years old, I got pulled over. I, I was just, I got married. I got pulled over by the police. And um, I had mentioned to you before, I said, "Um, you know, do you have to have the same conversation with your kids as I do my five-year-old daughter yeah. about etiquette? in dealing with police officers or people who, who are not of color um, in, in certain situations. And I explained to you how I broke, I broke a lot of rules on that police stop. And the first thing I did, I, um, I took my jacket off. My, my window wouldn't let down, so I, I propped my door open because I, wanted the, because I wanted the officer to have access. Um, and I reached in my glove compartment box to get my ID. I broke so many rules on that traffic stop. And when I looked up, the, the officer had a gun in my face. And I had to actively work to get the officer back on my side because once I saw the gun, I started following the rules. Um, be cooperative. Um, the rules I broke, keep your hands on the steering wheel, look forward, um, only do really what the officer ad, uh, prompts you to do. And if he prompts, and if he doesn't prompt you to do anything, ask him for permission to reach to your glove box, tell them t- tell him what you're getting those things. And, um, I, I mentioned to you that story and then I followed up with this and, and I heard Muhammad Ali say this and it's, it's almost, it's almost like, you know, and, I, and I'm not calling police snakes, but just take the theory uh, for what it is. If Snakes bite. Um, but a lot of people have snakes as pets and they don't bite. And there are some really good snakes, pet snakes out there. But just because you own a cobra and it doesn't bite and it's been defamed, I don't know the ones that I don't know if they've been defamed or if they're good. If they're good snakes, um, so I'm supposed to put my trust in all snakes because there are a thousand good snakes. I just don't. I just don't see see that happening for a group of people, and I don't, and I don't like speaking for the whole black community because I don't feel like I have that level of cachet, so to speak. But just in my reality, I I can't base my whole decision making mechanism or put my trust in something that that really isn't built for me. And I have to go through all of these levels of adjustment just so I can just so I can be safe, because a broken tail light for me could be my 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 death note. Um, and 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 not to say that 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 is the case for everyone, but that's the reality that that I've lived. And there are other situations, but there are a lot of people who look like me who deal with those kinds of things. And just like I was saying this morning, I I think it takes a level of understanding that before we can move forward. I, I if if you've never lived. That life, or never, never have faced these unseen barriers. Um, you know, there there were years of, of years of redlining. I mean, you, I hear, I hear, I hear often now, and especially when I was growing up as a young man. Um, I'm 30 now, but as a younger man, uh, I used to hear people say, you know, black people just need to work harder. They need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. And as I grow older and I do a little bit of history and a little bit of research, the, the, the times that we have, the, 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 their counterparts have burnt down their communities, specifically Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street, um, Rosewood, like these thriving predominantly Black communities were burnt down uh, for, for, for reasons, that, that had nothing to do with, they were not a threat, that they were not harmful, they were thriving, they had great schools, great business, they were trade workers, and they had built themselves. Could you imagine what America would be like if Tulsa, Oklahoma was still, um, the Black Wall Street was, was still available? Um, would you, could you imagine what America would be like for Black people or people of color if Rosewood was wasn't burnt down. We don't know, but but those are two starting points that I can point to in my life that I've read about, and I'm, and and maybe there's more. But that but that happened in America, and it wasn't like a thousand years ago. It wasn't it wasn't two hundred years ago. It was within the last century that these things happened. So you know, I I I look at all of the the race relations in America, and I'm and I'm thankful for friends like Don or like you, Dom, speaking in third person, I'm thankful for people like you, we can have these conversations, but everyone doesn't have a friend who's not black to talk to about these things. And I think, um, I think that the conversation needs to be grounded in, in empathy first. Yes. And then we can talk about all of, the, all of the other moving parts because what's happening is, I'm telling you my reality and what ends up happening just with people is, we, we combat your reality with my reality. And that's not necessarily the case. Because Don, you ain't never shot nobody on a traffic stop. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have you have nothing to do with that. I've never been shot on a traffic stop, right. but I, I have a truth. And if we can put those truths on the table and, and, and understand, like, yeah, like it's yeah it is well,
0: but, but it's it's that narrative though of where do we go from here Because right. i agree i mean like clearly yes our friendship is like that's one of the driving forces i have no problems asking you sometimes questions out of naivete sometimes out of well that's just the way i've known it and and then also like you're like hey don this is my perspective I'm like that's cool this is mine like like uh, when we were talking about like uh, like it really kind of shook me up when you were telling me the story that you know when, when you get pulled over I'm like oh wow cuz just like have you talked to Ava and Anna Grant about this like no they got pulled over for broken taillight like I'd expect them to get a 15 dollar fine and move on or whatever it cost mm-hmm. and so I was like oh but also understanding my vantage point of um I've never I've never had a bad run in with a cop I've had right. some write me tickets. I'm like, Oh, come on, seriously. But um, that's my reality. And I also have empathy for, you know, they, they've got their public relations campaign too. I, I've seen, I've seen the footage of, of their videos of like, like the most dangerous thing they do is, is traffic stops. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is why we're on edge. And then they, they kind of talk to the guy and they, and they stall and they stall and they stall. And all of a sudden they pull out a gun and the cop's dead. So right. I've got empathy for that too. Like yeah. a lot. I, I understand in some ways why they're on edge, but like, this is like, which came first, chicken or the egg? Right. You know, I, we also talked about It's Like, I see sometimes like standards, like, like I, I just, I, I, I always hated when, uh, what was that show? Cops. Like they, they apprehended somebody and like they get on your knees and they approach them and they beat the crap out of them. I'm like, okay, Why? Mm-hmm. like not resisting and like if if our purpose is to rehabilitate that guy's never forgetting i mean mind you that person did something stupid i get it yeah 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 but like still treating them like that i'm like Dude, you're not making things better right and, and 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 i just pointed this out this morning i'm like you know a lot of places in europe they carry clubs as it yeah but i'll also say that people here are more armed yeah there are more guns i i get it so, but but I say all this to also point out to say like okay, but where, where's where's the the timeout? Where do we go? Where are those conversations? Yeah. Because the anger's winning, and checks are written. There are people there. Are, there are people fundraising on both sides because of this, yep. and none of them, none of them, are about coming up with some solutions. No. You should be angry. Please write a check. You should be outraged. Please write a check. I, I don't see. I like policies and coming up with common sense solutions and don't just tell me defund the police what the hell is your plan and don't tell me that there's no problems and that all cops are like oh no there's nothing wrong it was that guy's fault no 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 there's a problem here but go ahead
1: you know i think i think just just with the defund the police thing what i what i hear more is accountability for police Yes, uh, is it, policy changes Commons? Yes, right. And you, and let's let's not act like the, the policies or a lot of the st- structures for police it it protects them from those th- things. I I'm sure that people would be a lot more cautious if they knew that if I drew my gun yes. and I killed someone. Yes. That I'm going to be held accountable no matter what. And I think the accountability piece, I, I don't I don't know that. I know people say defund the police, 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 because um, it's it's easy to say. Yep. But I think the spirit behind that is we want accountability. And just like I was telling you earlier, you know, this same thing could have happened in, in 1990. Mm-hmm. And nobody would have known about it because there were no body cams and right. there was no Instagram, you know, cameras or Facebook live. Mm-hmm. Cameras. And it can't just be with the solutions. Well, black people need to, you know, make sure that they record, make sure that they do this. You know, we have, you know, have people stop behind, you know, police to record them and hold them accountable. That's that's a lot of extra for for people who are paying people to protect and to serve. I, I, for me, it's simple, protect and serve people and be held accountable when you don't.
0: Yeah. But
1: it, that's, that's too simple because, because we are dealing with such a complex problem. And the real issue the real issue is not what's on the outside, but what's on the inside of each and every one of us and how we and how we look to treat each other. It's real easy for me to love you. It's not hard for me to 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 love someone. As a matter of fact, the the the, the kid who um, there was a kid there was a police officer who uh, opened the went into the wrong house and shot shot a, a man in his house, and the brother of that of that guy who died basically told that cop that he loves her and Christ loves her, and that he forgives her, and that if she needs anything, like, I'm here for you. Yeah. And she killed his brother, you, you know, and, and he caught so much flack for that level of, of forgiveness and love towards another person, but that should be our example yep. on how we should love and treat one another. And I know I sound like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm preaching at a wedding, but we we should, it comes down to how we, Innately treat each other and how we feel towards groups of people without ever knowing them. I was reading Adam Grant's Think Again, and he mentioned in his book uh, the 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 guy who uh, converted all these KKK members um, from being in the KKK, like they disowned the KKK after talking to a black dude. And one of the conversations that that struck me was this. The, one of the clans members uh, told the black guy, he says, you know, you know, all black people um, are, you know, murderers and, and you know, and criminals. And he says, I'm not. He says, no, it's in you. Your criminal gene just hadn't kicked in yet. So then, so then the black guy responds. He says, well, you know, all white people are serial killers. <laughs> and then and then the, the guy goes, well, that's ridiculous because white white people don't do that. And then he says, Well, name 10 black serial killers. And the guy couldn't. So he, you know, I guess he was his driver. So they, so, you know, a couple months go by, they meet up again. And he's like, You know what? I couldn't name one black serial killer. But then, but then before that conversation ended, he says, You know, I can name 10. So he names 10 white serial killers, Ted Bundy. And he goes down the list and he says, You're, he says, It's okay. Your serial killer gene just hadn't kicked in yet. And then it, gave them perspective and from that point they they, they end up being great friends and they start to understand each other but I think a lot of what we feel towards groups of people is rooted in things that people said in the 1800s and and not rooted in what's actually going on and and if we take the time to get to know one another we all bleed the same color we all put our pants on the same way if you wear pants and if you wear a skirt you, you probably put it on the same way I hope yeah. you're not putting it on over your head and bringing it down to your feet. Right? <laughs> like it, it but it is true. We, the the it, it comes down for just a basic love for other people. I'm gonna stop right there. Yeah. That's yeah,
0: yeah, it was quite a talk this morning. And, you know, as I was driving into work, I thought even more about it, text you later. And and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that we get to have these conversations. And it's a little bit weird to sometimes open up our window to an audience. Uh, the feedback we get from it is encouraged and we appreciate that. And by no means, uh, Jamal and I trying to tell you how to live your life. This is us. um, and And we're not saying we're perfect, but I will say, Uh, I've gotten a lot of perspective and a lot of insight by having a friend lovingly challenge me and vice versa because like I I don't have his lived experience but I want to know more and um, I I think that's where that's where we always converge Uh, we are are two men uh, that like fundamentally love people and we are tired of this and uh, both of us are looking towards a solution. And and while while there is plenty to be angry about and we get angry, um, we're trying to be focused more on, well, like you just wrapped it up, with love, some compassion, and some conversations. Like always, if you want to give us some feedback, we're always respectful of that as long as you're respectful of us. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. He's at Jamal Crook. I'm at Don Wedrick. So, Jamal, take us out.
1: In closing, <laughs> we don't just like Don was saying that we don't. We're not parading around as experts. Yeah, just know that you know we're, we're two people with perspectives, and we want to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. <laughs> so, for Don Wetrick, this is Jamal Crook reminding you that opportunities are everywhere.